Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that's usually well-produced. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who grew up on mac and cheese, funny you say that michael uh i've been eating a lot of it during the pandemic here uh, that's me oh, ryan wow. newman yeah and i'm joined by the other brother who grew up on nutter butters oh i love some nutter butters that's me trey newman and right. the other brother who grew up on lucky charms yes that lucky charms was what i was thinking too for me <laughs> Uh, all right. As always, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CFB Bros. You can subscribe on YouTube and you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash college football bros. And that, that gets you bonus episodes as well. Uh, and you can also leave us a five star review like two people did this week. Who's the first, Trey? Yeah, we've got one from Dakota DCL titled The Best College Football Podcast. You guys are dope. I listen to the show on the way to work or at work whenever I can. Love how knowledgeable you guys are of the game. Go Gamecocks. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Kind people out there. Um, All right. Our other one is from uh, Chris9696. The title is July. says, this is an awesome listen. I miss college football so much. (laughs) (laughs) I do, too. That's good. We we're right there with you, Chris. <laughs> uh, all right. One more thing before we get into the episode. Uh, encourage everyone to go subscribe to a really good, another good uh, college football podcast, as well as kind of NFL NFL draft podcast called Prospects 101. And I actually made an appearance on their show on Monday, and we previewed the Pac-12. So go How ahead and check that out. they are. Fortunate to have me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course. Of course. What a big get. What a big get. Huge get for them. My God. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's uh, let's talk about some some breaking, not so breaking anymore uh, news from last week. The fall season, of course, is now guaranteed to to look a whole lot different because the Big Ten announced they are adopting a conference only model. Uh, Pac-12 announced the same, and the ACC, Big Twelve, and SEC are probably going to wait another couple weeks. It, it seems like to to make their decision. So, what are you guys' thoughts on uh, on all this news? it's just uh, like one I saw that on one quote, it just seemed like, uh, I don't know. I think they said it was an anonymous athletic director or something, but it would just seem like it was uh, like delaying the inevitable type of thing. Like it just doesn't seem, I mean, I guess we'll probably get into this a little bit more lately in the later, but it just seems like if you can't have a normal season, why are you going to, how can you have it work at all? I just I don't see how keeping it in the conference because there's teams that play super far away from it. I mean, and like Nebraska goes to Rutgers this year. It's like, well, that how are you going to manage that? They still got to go on the airplane. They still got to fly. Still got to do all those things. So, to me, just limiting it by conference doesn't really do much for me. I don't think that really helps. What do you think, Trey? I mean, like I say every time, everything's just so fluid and it's really impossible to predict. But I'm really trying to be op- optimistic. I am. Um, it kind of changes by the weekend as far as my confidence, but it just kind of feels like the same pattern as we had for basketball leading up to the NCAA tournament where, you know, the Ivy league, they canceled their basketball tournament and everyone thought that was a little premature. Obviously, as we found out more conferences did the same, and then we ended up not having the NCAA tournament and 
here we are again, I believe doing canceling football and we'll see. I mean, I'm not saying it'll be the, that follow the exact same script, but it just kind of feels similar. The one thing I do want to say though, is in regards to people saying that like the ACE or the sec will play no matter what, like, because just because, you know, football is, is too important. And I don't agree that, or I don't disagree that football isn't important there. Like, of course it is. And they help it hold it to a high standard, but in the notion that, um, that they'll play and no one else would is just a bit ridiculous to me. Like, there's zero chance in my eyes that the sec would play if every or most of the major conferences didn't play. Like if all the other conferences decided to cancel fall, I just, I mean, they even said like Texas high school football looks unlikely and that's, that's pretty depressing. We know how serious they take football there. So I'm, I'm on the fence. I'm hoping we get some form of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say I'm, I'm closer to, to your opinion of, of just being super uncertain, right? Like, and I hate making predictions too, because things can, change so fast but it definitely obviously is looking to be heading in a a bad direction and just the idea that you're going to have a hundred players and coaches and assistants meeting every day and practicing and you know in the weight room it just it doesn't seem super likely at this point maybe maybe in a, a month i'll change my mind but um it it seems questionable so we'll see i mean the sec like you said they're they're very committed to to giving it a go big 12 ACC seems like the same way. So I just, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Just seems a little unrealistic when you got that many people involved. Mm-hmm. I mean, NBA is barely managing how to, to put something on and you know, they got perf- all the resources in the world and they can, they have minimal t- players uh, in, in, in their league and they're all in one spot, which yeah. you just obviously can't do. College, the one thing so. I got to say is that there has to be a very, there has to be a mental shift before I think they'll be accepted. Like, like, cause we're seeing, I think it was Jim Harbaugh that even said that, or some, one of the coaches said that because like, it's going to happen. Like players are going to get it They're They're already getting it. Um, it's just a matter of like, is that acceptable in order to, to continue to play a season? Like, you know, right now people are just like, Oh my gosh, players are getting it. They can't have a season. Well, maybe it's inevitable that they're going to, ha- they're going to, some of them are going to get it. So they're going to play anyway. So there's yeah, just needs to be it, a mental whether shift. Whether they're playing or not. Yeah, it's, I saw somebody it's, say the argument, and it made me think for a sec. Like they're actually, they might be less prone to get it if they're actually playing, where they're less likely to, you know, they're more focused on football and they're less likely to go out and get involved with big parties and whatnot. Not. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's just an argument that made me think for a sec. Yeah, it's it's impossible to say whether that's true. I mean, the idea of like I said, so many players getting together, uh, a, a huge yeah. team with staff members and everything, seems yeah. like. You could argue they'd be more likely to have the season, but um, but either way, it's just... And the other problem here compared to the NBA is that we're dealing with you know players who are not part of a union that can collectively bargain what the season will look like. So there's, yeah. there's kind of a moral issue there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at least uh, there's some encouraging news, I guess, on the uh, vaccine front. That was cool. That was good to see. Oh, let's oh, pray let's, for let's, that. Let's, how about the let's, science Let's pray bros. for that. Let's, hey, our first segment is the science bros. <laughs> <laughs> Positivity. Let's go. No, I, no, you I'm never know. Uh, okay, let's, uh, let's get to the meat of the episode, which is segments. This is going to be a, a segments-only episode. So we will start with a, a real classic of ours, fact or fiction. We invented mm-hmm. this concept. No one's ever done this before. Never heard of it until us. So, Ryan, what's what's first? Uh, okay, guys. Fact or fiction? This year 
is more important for Tom Herman than any other coach uh, in, in in the country? I'm going to say fact here, and it's not that his seat is necessarily the hottest. I don't think it's it's the hottest, but it just feels like an if not now when type of season for Herman because he's got a ton of returning production, good senior quarterback. The roster is is full of of mostly Herman guys and highly recruited guys. So I just think this year is going to tell us a lot about whether he's gonna he's on a, a trajectory to becoming a top ten coach or if he's on the trajectory to get fired. So it's kind of a big big swing. All right, I'm going to say fiction. Um, no doubt, it is important for him to have a, a good year, but I still see a scenario where, you know, if Texas doesn't have the greatest season, I'd still, you know, fast forward, I'd still kind of believe in him, and and he probably still, he's not going to get fired if they, you know, if they don't, if they have a really bad season, he could, but I still don't see him struggling enough to for him to get to get fired. So, because I look more at a guy like like Clay Helton at USC, where I feel like he has to have a good season. Otherwise, mm-hmm. in my eyes, he's just, it's like all or nothing for him, in my opinion. Um, and then you've got guys like maybe Manny Diaz that might be a little premature, Chip Kelly at UCLA, you know, Frost or Harbaugh. Like, I don't know. I'm, I, I just think that there's um, some other guys that, that might need a better season than, than Herman. Yeah, I think you kind of got to weigh the, almost the, Maybe the expectations, like I, like for Herman, this is his fourth coming up on his fourth year, I think at Texas, right? And so that's, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going that far in, I mean, at Texas, there's no, really no excuses this year. They have everything coming back and all that. So it's just, I, I think it's more like what Michael said. It's just like, if not now, when, you know, so people will start uh, to lose the faith after four it's years. It's setting up that. nice for this but, year for them to capitalize. Yeah. But that, I mean, Clay Helton no is kind of... A, What's that? No excuses is what I think I see a lot of Texas fans saying. Yeah. Yeah. There's no real thing. So it's, it just seems like, like for Clay Helton, I mean, it's everybody's so down on him already anyways, that I guess I just thought more Herman and Chip Kelly, same thing. Like it's just, I don't know. It couldn't have gone worse from the start there. Uh, But it just, you can't say for those places that the pieces have fallen into place. Like I feel like Herman has coming in this year. So I don't know. I feel okay. like I fall into the trap of of the sense of like say that Herman went nine and three this year. Obviously, I don't know how it'd look, but say he went nine and three. Like I, I could see myself falling a trap again next year and saying, "Well, this will be the year." But I know yeah. it is. It's like your narrative, Mike. Like what you said, Mike. Like if not now, when? So this is as good of a time as any. It is, but you're right. He could, if it were like if we're equating it to a twelve game season, he he could probably afford a nine and three. I really doubt he would get fired. Yeah, nine and three isn't. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad. I mean, it's no. It's yeah, it depends teams. on how it happens, of course, but yeah. Okay. Uh next one, fact or fiction, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields is the best duo of FBS quarterback prospects in the past 20 years. I mean, it's a pretty amazing duo. Uh it's going to be fun to watch the season, ho- hopefully. Uh knowing <laughs> that most of the year that these are the top two guys going in next year's or at least top two quarterbacks going in next year's draft. Like usually you always have one guy and then another guy just kind of develops throughout the season and kind of comes comes up. But this year, like it, from the start, you know the the two clear guys. And but as far as factor fiction here, it's tough. But I'm gonna lean towards fiction. Uh, in my opinion, it was between these two, and then the class of Andrew Luck and RG three. Mm-hmm. Um, Luck was kind of a no brainer, and RG three was he easily could have been a number one pick in any other year, really. Um, he was so gifted and actually in our Patreon discord chat, I got to give a shout out to one of our 
patrons, Joel, he pointed out the parallels between Lawrence and Fields to to Fields and Luck, or I mean to Luck and uh, RG three. It's just eerily similar in terms of their mm-hmm. skill sets and and the talent. Yeah, this this one is a uh, it was tough. That was obviously I, I agree with you. I'm going fiction, and I'm going to say it was Andrew Luck and RG three. Those guys were. I mean, Luck was just like the ultimate. I mean, there was no better surefire prospect yeah. I have, you know, come across yet. I mean, even Lawrence, as great as he is, he's not to me. He's not the surefire hundred percent like Luck was at least, at least in my eyes. But the other, the other one that I considered was, uh, was well, there was two other ones: Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota. Those were yeah, guys that's a good one. Dang, those were pretty dang good because Mariota. Remember, he stayed at Oregon an extra year to. Uh, to work on his game even more so that was they were definitely looking forward to his uh him coming out and Winston of course won a national title but but then he also had Eli and Philip Rivers in 04 yeah it wasn't quite it probably but I mean that was pretty good I mean there was a lot of drama certainly with them <laughs> how about uh Joe Burrow and Tua just this year they're they're in the running well, well. I mean going into the year you know I mean like and I'm judging this, like, say, like on draft day. I know we're not there yet with with Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, but I, I'm I'm not judging these quarterbacks in hindsight. Of course, we're talking about them as prospects. Um, and I'm going to say fact. I just think there's very very few holes you can poke in Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Both guys yeah. have great measurables, great arm talent. Both guys win. They've won almost every game they've played. They both can run, especially Fields. If you know, once we see him healthy. And they were the number one and two ranked players coming out of high school. So there's just there's almost nothing you can point to that's a negative. Yeah. Um, so I, I think they I, I would say fact. It's yeah, it's splitting hairs. Hard. They're they're awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, fact or fiction? JT Daniels is the better option at quarterback for Georgia. No, no, he's not. <laughs> he uh, he just it was below average as a freshman at USC with with really good weapons, was inconsistent, relied on the deep ball, just chucking it up for those receivers, getting it. He did not improve. I mean, I, we, of course, since Michael's a USC guy, I watched him a lot. I watched, try to much watch every single USC game. He just didn't improve like throughout the year. It, I just kept waiting for him to kind of turn a corner and be like, okay, yeah, this is why he was a five-star and everybody's make a big deal. But no, he just never did. And then coming into this past year, he was Keaton Slovis just completely flew by him i mean he wasn't even close slovis was way better performed way better it's kind of all right well we we saw one half of of jt daniels this this year i know i'm telling you he had an entire season last year to show to get better and he didn't get better at all how many more snaps (laughs) how can you say he didn't get better we saw one jt daniels no i'm talking about the whole year last year if you play oh i see what you're saying i see what you're saying yeah i don't i think if he was going to improve he would have improved a lot during his freshman year Gotcha. Not from his, not during the off season for six months where you're not playing football. Like he, so I'm not, oh, I, I don't think he's going to work. I think it's, I mean, I, I've never been, I've been trying to keep everybody a little low key here on Jamie Newman and not expect some Heisman guy. But to me, Jamie Newman is clearly the better option there. Yeah, I'm going fiction as well. I'm actually going to agree with you. I just, I like what I've seen from Jamie Newman on the field uh, better than, than JT Daniels. I know he's a true freshman, but still. And uh, Newman's also, he's been at Georgia longer, so he's got a, a, a little bit of a leg up there. And JT Daniels is coming off of a torn ACL, still not totally 100%. So I know running's not a big part of his game, but there's still, there's just a lot of factors, I think, that point to Newman. So I would bet strongly that he will be the starter. 
I agree. I mean, I got to go with Newman. Um, you know, I think he should be the guy. And uh, But I can understand the case for Daniels. I mean, Newman's only going to have one year. You'd have Daniels for a couple. You could groom him. And, like, I'm not going to totally write off that one year he had at SC. He was a true freshman. And SC wasn't that good of a team. They went five and seven. I know part of it falls on him. But, like, he was kind of thrown into the fire there. And he still didn't. There's no reason he can't. He couldn't have improved off his freshman year. He was a the number two quarterback, five star, like the talents there. And I, and honestly, you know, if you stick him on Georgia, like if you stick a lot of quarterbacks on Georgia, they're going to look pretty good, you know, more often than not. So I don't know. I'm not going to, I'm not going to write him off, but I agree that for this season, it's, it's Jamie Newman, but uh, I'm not going to write off JT Daniels career there. That was the perfect answer. Trey. I, I should not have not said anything. I agree with Trey. <laughs> Uh, okay, so let's uh, move on to our next segment here, and we are going to enter the trivia zone. Um, I'm going to ask you a trivia question here. Trivia. Doesn't matter what it is, you have answers. Zone. When you ask me those kind of questions, it really pisses me off. Trivia zone. Okay, since we started recording this podcast in 2017, Nine teams have had at least one game where they rushed for 500 plus yards. So I'm going to name the conferences and you have to tell me the team or teams that did that. So let's start with, we'll start with the independents. Two independents have had a 500 plus yard rushing game. What'd you say, Ryan? (laughs) Navy. Yeah, that's. I knew you were going to say that, you dummy. You dummy. They are not independent. They're wow, in the Ryan. AAC. Wow, Ryan. <laughs> you know what's funny? I was playing NCA football on on uh, on video game, and they were independent then. <laughs> yeah, it's no. it's easy to do that. I don't blame you, but God, we'll go. God. Okay. Um, Wait. So we're okay. guessing an independent. Independent. Two yeah. two independents did it. Okay. Army. Army. They have done it the most. They did it four times. Oh wow. Yeah. So okay. One more. Like Notre Dame, BYU. Mm. any official guesses there liberty could yeah, be no. notre dame maybe they might have had a they had a pretty good running game a couple years ago no i'm going byu byu i don't oh I that's don't, right. I we're on a, a final answer here i need a final we're on a answer. team i forgot about this um mm-hmm. i'm gonna go notre dame okay we'll we'll go with ryan notre well, dame is right <laughs> oh, good right. good good yep. good yeah okay so let's move on to the aac one team has done it from the AAC. <laughs> there you go, Ryan. It's your chance. <laughs> Navy. Did you say it? Yeah, I said Navy. Navy. Did... Oh, okay. It cut out for me. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Navy <laughs> has done it twice. Okay, good. Okay. Mountain West. Two teams have done it from the Mountain West. Air Force. Air Force is correct. Yep. Uh, okay, so who are we thinking, Ryan? We're going to go like, got, does, did Boise Aztecs do it? Ooh, Aztecs have had. Yeah, that's good. They had like but, a three hundred yard rusher in a game. Yeah, yeah, but who? Let's think. It could, I mean, could Boise have done it? They don't. I know. Really had the running quarterback. I feel like you need a quarterback to kind of get a lot of rushing yards here to get to five hundred. Who else? Uh, Cara State, no. UNLV, New Mexico, Fresno, I, San Jose. Fresno was more pass. Yeah. I would have to say the Aztecs. I feel like. Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the, the, Aztecs just, the, Aztecs just like <laughs> ran it. the Aztecs just ran it all the time. 
They yeah, really it, it makes the most much. sense. I know they go a little slow, but they did have so much success rushing. So I guess let's go, let's go San Diego State. Yeah. San Diego State, you got oh, it. All right. All, right. all right, so you gotten them all right so far, right? Except for Ryan's uh, Navy guess. <laughs> His little blip. Well, I, I sort of yep. got it right. You sort of yep. got it right, yeah. So you're <laughs> you're perfect so far. Okay, so ACC one team, Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, yeah, they did there it twice. <laughs> uh, Pac-12 one team. So far, it's going according to what you would think. Pac-12, yeah. yeah. How many um, from the Pac-12? Sorry, one team one. from the Pac-12. So you've got like Oregon and you've got Yeah, but they never had a running QB in the last maybe Arizona with Khalil Tate. Oh JJ Taylor. Yeah. yeah, that's a good guess. Let's say let's unless Utah had um Yeah. Utah Moss had a had Moss some lead wasn't super fleet. No, but Moss. Okay, I yeah, I but I do like your Arizona. They were quick up tempo. There you go, go with Arizona. It. Go for it, Ryan. Sure, sure. That's right. Arizona. Wow. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. with Khalil Tate. I mean, Khalil so. Tate himself, didn't he have like a 350? Yeah, game? yeah. It was a, it was a lot. Yeah. Uh, okay. So last conference, SEC. There are two teams from the SEC that have done it. And I'm just going to say, I don't think you're going to get both of them. It's not really a hint, but you can take it as yeah. a hint if you want. Um, <laughs> that's, that's not a hint then. <laughs> Uh, okay, I mean, Bama's obviously had a lot of great running, but again, well, maybe with Jalen they had could have had a possibility there. But Alabama, um, SEC. the last three years, Georgia had those. They had those Chubb, Swift years, yeah. um, but they weren't always lighting it up. What about? Um, when Lynn Bowden was going crazy for Kentucky. Yeah, last year. And then they had Benny. Benny Snell the year before me. Snell, Man. yeah. Wow, this is a, uh, this is a tough I think this is the toughest one. So Yeah. I can't there's <laughs> no like oh, there's nothing but like, that clicks. What about A and M? They had that was it Trayvon Williams or who's the guy? Tra yeah. Travion? Um I don't know if I can't remember any Insane thing there. Gosh. All right. We're going to have to narrow this down. Well, maybe so, the game they had 73 points or 74 points. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Against LSU. Seven overtime. Wait. Yeah. So, uh, how many were there, Mike? There's two. Two. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, do we just say Bama won? They killed so many. And maybe they got a guy. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Let's, we can go with Bama. Are we going with Bama? Bama. Okay. Yeah. I didn't, I need a yes from both. <laughs> yes. Ryan, you get you yes. Yes, yes. Bama. Okay, well, it's wrong. It's wrong. Damn okay, it. okay, okay. What about what about um, who else did we know? The down? listeners are enjoying yeah. hearing yeah. you guys <laughs> struggle and watching you struggle on YouTube. <laughs> uh, shoot. By the way, yeah, our I'm trying to think of a running for how long this I'd... episode would be are going to go over. Because, yeah. Oh yeah, true. Because we're stalling, zones. guessing. Um, Missouri? Did they like? There's just too many dang teams that there's know, a lot bad. of, I can't narrow it down. Uh, I will. So we said, so I think what we, we kind of talked about Georgia, Kentucky and A&M. Like, I don't remember Florida going nuts. Yeah. Could be like Vanderbilt. Who knows? It could be like Keyshawn Vaughn or something. Oh, let's throw out more teams. Yeah. Could be, yeah. could be Vandy. They went off. Yeah. Like I mean, Florida, hell, Illinois or something yeah. like that. Or whoever it was. Probably Tennessee too. Arkansas. I have no idea, but <laughs> now we can try 
I'm going to say, what? if I had to guess one, I'll say A&M. Okay. Ryan, you agreeing? Sure. They did it. Yeah. No. Good job. Do you know, I, I wonder what game. Do you know the game? I don't know the game. I want to say it was, I don't know. I don't know. I, I can don't check know what you guys are it. thinking. Yeah. Nice. Uh, all right. So I said A&M. We said Bama. Is there, you can pick a team. I don't, I don't have a preference. Right. It's getting uh, splitting hairs here. Let, well, let's try. Uh, I don't feel like Georgia would have done it. I guess what do we say between Georgia or Kentucky now? Yeah, let's try Kentucky. Kentucky is correct. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Ryan, that, that good. One. And it was it was uh five hundred yards against uh Louisville just with, with uh Lynn Bowden oh, in the, this past year. Wow. There you go. Wow. Right. Okay, well, I wasn't able one. to look Bama up was the, game, only but the listeners can look it up. Um okay. That was a great segment. <laughs> good call. That's a or Big Twelve team. That's amazing. Well, Next segment we have here is a top five list from Ryan. All righty. Yes, top five list. So I'm going to do a top five list of players who were ahead of their time. So essentially players, I'm looking guys at the past who I would think would fit in well with today's game. But it could be in any sport. I'm not just limiting it to football. Okay. So. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna start off with some honorable mentions here. Just a couple of them that I really wanted to mention, even though I didn't put them in my top five. Number one, well, not number one, but first honorable <laughs> mention, Steve Young completed 70% of his passes in 1994. I mean, that was unheard of back then. 70%. I mean, if you go back to QB stats 25 years ago, it's terrible compared to what it is now. So to yeah. have that type of numbers is, I mean, that was way ahead of what was going on then. So. And his running ability. I mean, he would he would be really good today. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other guy was uh, Detlef Schrempf, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the Seattle Supersonic big man. He was a he was a stretch four before there were stretch fours. So he was six ten, like jerks. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was ahead of his time. I think he would have been even more successful. He was already a good career, but he could have been even better if he started. I mean, any three point shooter, you know, back in the day, would be taking twice as many threes at the at least yeah, so. yeah exactly so all right those are a couple of the honorable mentions but let's get to my number five on the list i have john Mackey, the tight end the, cl- the classic tight end the, the the award for best tight end is named after him he played 10 years in the nfl and he had just over five thousand yards receiving and 38 touchdowns but the way the way tight ends are used nowadays like he just would have had a field day. I mean, the Travis Kelsey's, the Tony Gonzalez's and all those types of players. I mean, he would have just been, I think he would have been a lot, a lot, a lot bigger stats in today's game. Uh, number four, Randall Cunningham, QB who was went with, with uh, Philly and Minnesota and the pros. He had a couple of huge years as it is actually in 90 with Philly he threw like 30 touchdowns and rushed over 900 yards. And then in, he had one good year in Minnesota where he was average like, over nine yards or almost nine yards per attempt which was just unheard of back then so you know when his running ability i think he would be kind of an electric player he also had like a 90 yard punt or something like that on the old the old hard astroturf (laughs) yeah uh yep uh number three reggie jackson the the baseball player he i didn't realize how kind of old he was he started in like the 60s it just seems like he's i guess baseball you can kind of have a long long span there but i just feel like with today's emphasis on hitting those home runs man he would just be ideal his 1969 season i looked up his stats and he was in oakland it was uh, he had a crazy good year only a couple guys nowadays can 
even match the slugging percentage in the OPS. Like his stats lined up with Trout's that year. It was, I mean, he was in 1969, so he was way ahead of his time. Number two, Elgin Baylor. He was way ahead of his time. Like athletically, he was just not even, I mean, he made guys look like fools back then. It was ridiculous how athletic he was compared to this, to the guys that he's playing against. He would thrive today, free flowing, open court, more type of game. It would have been a lot. He would have been fun to watch. And number one, this one might be a little bit controversial, but I said Michael Vick. Like, I know it wasn't necessarily that long ago, but late 90s, uh, yeah, sure, there's been mobile QBs, but none as electric, you know, especially with this arm that, that Vick was. He just, I mean, he could throw that thing on a rope. But I just don't think he was really utilized the way he could have been in Atlanta. I mean, he you look back at his stats, it was like, it wasn't very good. They didn't even play him hardly his first year. So I, don't know, I just feel like with the way things are now, uh, he would have excelled even more. He threw, right. the foot, he threw the football like we could throw those uh, or the, those tor- torpedo balls or something. Yeah, with the, the nerf tail ball, the nerf. To, oh my gosh, it's unbelievable! All right, very creative list, Ryan. Good work. Thank you. Uh, moving on to our next segment, it is "Call Me Crazy." So Trey, you have to. Uh, you're the first one to make a, a maybe seemingly outlandish statement, uh, but you got to make your case for it. Okay. Call me crazy. But Oklahoma will not win the Big 12 this year. Okay. So I, well, I'm going to call I, you crazy, but <laughs> well, let's, see, let's hear your case. First. No, I mean, I understand they're the favorites and they, they deserve to be. But this is as good of a year in recent history to pick them off uh, as there's been. I mean, we know Texas is probably the most likely team uh, to dethrone them. And there's no reason that they can't. Ehrman and, and Ellinger are, um, are kind of set up for that. But uh, especially with the experience back on D. Last year, Baylor, Ryan's Baylor, came out of the clouds and was desperately close to beating them both times they played in the in the conference title and then obviously in the regular season. Um, you've got a team <laughs> like – oh, 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 Very tough beat. Even with the backup quarterback in the Big 12 title, they almost did it. But uh, but you got other teams this year like Oklahoma State. They're poised to, to maybe break out this year. Uh, Iowa State could, especially as we've talked, you know, if their offensive line can kind of gel in front of Purdy – um, you know, maybe the youth of Rattler at quarterback will will cost them a game or two and in turn the conference title. Yeah, I'm going to call you crazy. I, I just think with basically with with Oklahoma, Ohio State, Clemson, I'm just not going to pick against them until they don't win the conference, I think, at this point. And even though I like those teams, you know, Iowa State, Texas, Oklahoma State, it's maybe the best second tier that we've had in a while in the Big 12, but it's still second tier. I still think Oklahoma is quite a bit ahead of uh, of those teams, especially with the defense, I think, continuing to improve. I'm going to say you're not crazy. I just, I know they've won it five times in a row, um, which doesn't help my argument, but, <laughs> but la- la- like Trey said last year, they barely won it. They had to go to overtime, which, I mean, it could have gone either way. Um, and then only once in the last five years have they gone unbeaten in their conference. So every one, four out of the five years, they've at least lost a game. So it's not like they're, I don't compare it to Clemson. I don't think anybody can compare it to Clemson. They're so far ahead. Like nobody can compete. They demolish their, the opponent in the, yeah. in the ACC championship game is never even close. It's like a 30 point spread. Uh, Ohio state is probably a little bit higher. I think than Oklahoma, as far as owning their conference, uh, as far as it's the close to their peers, I think, uh, especially if you consider last year, but yeah, I, I, I don't think you're that crazy for saying that. I just, 
I don't think the margin's all that big. Texas almost got them last year. I, they just they're flirting with it. I think they could they could lose their handle on it. Okay. Uh my turn. Call me crazy, but I think the ACC might have the three best defensive lines in the country. So we'll start with Clemson. I, I mean, I they always have a great defensive line. I barely need to make a case there. They're backups. They're gonna have two five star freshmen as backups, including the number one uh overall recruit in the country, Brian Brzee. So looking good there. Yeah. Uh, and he might not be a backup. Maybe he'll start. But uh number two, you've got Miami, probably the the best defensive end duo in the country with Gregory Russo, who had 15 and a half sacks last year as a redshirt freshman. And then redshirt freshman. Made sure to mention that, Ryan. Yeah, it's, it's important. <laughs> and then uh and Quincy Roche, the transfer from Temple, who had 13 sacks. Insane. And then Pitt. Pitt is the third one. You got Jalen Twyman, defensive tackle, who was first team all ACC. Kind of the last new year. Aaron Donald. Yeah, he's he's a beast. Patrick Jones, defensive end, was second team all ACC. And then you add back to that Rashad Weaver, who going into the year last year, we thought was their best defensive lineman, and he was hurt for the whole year. So he's coming back. It's just a it's crazy what they've got. They've also got another, uh, I think, D tackle, Keyshawn Camp coming back from injury. So it's just going to get better. Yeah, then they had another backup, I think, that was like, he had like nine sacks or something like that. I mean, they just, they got, they got dudes. And yeah. I, so to the answer to your question, I don't think you're crazy. I mean, it seems weird that it would, that, you, that you're not crazy because you got so many good D lines out there. And teams like Georgia obviously have a case. Um, yeah. Georgia's maybe, the one probably with the best case. Yeah. Georgia's got a great defensive line, but maybe the, maybe a little, a little less proven as far as, you know, what they have coming back as far as statistics wise. Um, so maybe that's why I'd give the edge to guys like a team like Pitt, where you would, you're kind of surprised by it, but they have the numbers to back it up. Um, Alabama, of course, is going to be good. You know, DJ Dale, Brian Ray. Um, and then you could throw in Oregon with the Kayvon Thibodeau. They got some, they're going to have some, a good uh, D line too, what, but Jordan Elliott, uh, who's the D tackle? Jordan uh, Scott. Jordan Scott. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you could make the argument for a lot of these teams, but, so I'm not going to say you're crazy for saying that those three could because there's a legit case for it. I'm just going to go the other way and say you're crazy. I It's amazing that the ACC does have arguably you know three near the top at least. And Pitt really doesn't get enough love. Um, assuming there is a season, like I think we'll be on their, their bandwagon for the defense. I mean, this is a, don't screw it up, Narduzzi. Like I've been hard on you, but this is you've got some some sweet guys the defense like, is good man like michael like yeah, you said like twi- twyman the rush defense could was be... number one in the uh, excuse me go ryan go well i thought trey was going rush well, defense was... okay <laughs> rushing defense <laughs> was number one in the conference oh is that all you wanted to say that's all <laughs> you wanted to interrupt me for that's it <laughs> yeah. that's it that's the only point you had well i all th- right. thought it was gonna be a brief yeah uh, yeah no but twyman michael brought him up he might be the best interior lineman in the country but all that being said, said it's tough not to have. You got to think one of the SEC teams, and not just because just because of the history. Like one of the SEC teams has to have a top three D line, and I got to lean towards Georgia. I mean, they were the junkyard dogs. They were the best D line last year. I know they lost like a guy like Tyler uh, Tyler Clark, but they've got guys like Jordan Davis, Malik Herring, um, all the the talent that they've recruited over the last few years. I mean. I'm not where like they've yeah. got the five star Jalen Carter this upcoming year that that they they're high on and Florida's going to have a good D line. I mean Ohio State, yeah, they lose Chase Young, but they're replacing him with Zach Harrison, who 
it yeah. should take a giant step this year. So I'm just going to say that a, a couple of those teams are going to throw a wrench into Michael's ACC top three. That's fair. Yep. All right. Uh, good stuff. All right. On to me here. Call me crazy, but if the Pac-12 only plays conference games, USC could go undefeated. Um, so a lot, I think, here is riding on the shoulders of Todd Orlando, the new defensive coordinator, because you know if that defense can make a decent jump from last year, and it obviously wasn't a great defense last year, but it wasn't horrible at the same time. But it was, okay, fine. It was horrible, Mike. Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> no, it wasn't horrible, but it was had moments. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it should have been better. So I, that's why I think, and there's a ton of returning production. They have like 10 starters coming back. So there's really not, I mean, Christian Rector, I think is really the, the only true significant loss that the, the defense is going to have. And they have good, go, they're going to have a good D line. So, um, but overall, just as a team, 18 starters back, the offense is going to be super high powered. They do lose Pittman at receiver, but they got Monroe St. Brown, uh, Tyler Vaughn's every they're stacked at receiver and, and anywhere else. So if the defense could just get a little bit better, I think they have a chance because of how good I think the offense will be with Graham Harrell and uh, Keaton Slovis. You're, you're, you're crazy, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> I can envision them winning the pac 12, but to say they'd go undefeated is a, is a little stretch for me. Um, I just, I just don't see that right now. Uh, I know it was a tough schedule last year, but they still did lose five games. Obviously there were a couple there that definitely could have gone their way. Uh, within a field goal or so but um but it was still five games and I just look at the Pac-12 like first off Oregon is seemingly the the team to beat of course um but then you've got some capable teams like Jaden Daniels uh ASU squad uh you know the Huskies UW and Utah are kind of wild cards this year I don't really know what you're going to get but historically they've been good uh you've got Cal could take a next step Stanford could bounce back I think there's a lot of good solid middle teams there that could you know, it, it wouldn't be unreasonable for USC to to lose to one of those guys. So I'm just not quite seeing unbeaten. Maybe Pac-12 chance, but not unbeaten. I am going to say you're not crazy, Ryan, uh, mm. because USC they went seven and two last year in, in Pac-12 play, and they're now fifth in the country in returning production. So take a step forward, and why not? I mean, Oregon obviously is the real tough one. But in every other game, USC will, will probably be a favorite. Now it's going to be tough to to win them all. I would obviously bet against it, but it wouldn't yeah. it wouldn't be crazy to me. Yeah. Speaking of USC here and uh, this Pac-12 only schedule, is there if it ends up happening like that, like is there a team? I don't think there is, but a team that benefited most from not having to play the non-conference games than than SC. I mean, I would what, say is there Notre a Dame person and- who benefited more than Clay Helton? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If, yeah. If if Clay Helton ends up hanging on, uh, then maybe it doesn't benefit SC. But no, I agree. I, I think avoiding Alabama and Notre Dame is uh, nobody be else so benefited bad. nearly as much as that. I mean, that's just that's like pretty good. I mean, two preseason top ten teams, uh, pretty know. good. <laughs> Especially Bama. That one, we've seen that one before with the USC. We have, yes, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that does it for call me crazy. And so let's uh, let's go ahead and just get to the the questionable finish, right? Do you think questionable finish time here? Mm-hmm. Um, whoa! I think. Did you guys hear that? I am. I'm well, if you're watching something. on YouTube, Brian. Something there was a shadow. I thought I got I re- some oh. of my I got some of my arms. It's a little spooky in this closet sometimes. Guys, I uh, I think it's time for the clairvoyant bros to pay the listeners oh, a visit. I'm glad right. it wasn't just me. 
you know what, guys? I forgot to add the Clairvoyant Bro sound drop to the soundboard. <laughs> oh, wow. It's going to be a... I did not see that coming. You know what? I'm going to... I did not see that coming. Clairvoyant Bros would have seen that coming. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna edit this out, but that was a good line, Trey. So I'm gonna leave it in as I struggle here to go <laughs> clairvoyant bros. Oh well, all right. So we're just gonna wait patiently here for the uh wait a sec. Whoa, 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 whoa. Now I feel like I feel it for real this time. Oh, okay. Oh do you guys wow. feel the spirits? I feel like the spirits are buffering as they load up onto my soundboard. Mm. Mm. Wow. I feel like the spirits are importing the track as we speak. Wow. <laughs> it's quite a track. Must They're be powerful. a lot of good stuff. Okay, I think the spirits are here. Oh, good. Now, there we go. Feels good. So, I'm seeing a bunch of little kids playing on the playground at a school. They're they're playing a bunch of games. There's parents there helping them. Oh, you know what? It's a, it's one of those field days. You know, those schools have field days. You know what? That's a sign. Justin Fields is going to have a field day with his opponents this year <laughs> and win the Heisman. <laughs> I see that too. Mm. I see that. I'm, uh, I'm actually, I'm reading Lane Kiffin's palm right now, off screen, and it's. It's very soft, uh, but I see that Ole Miss is going to pull off a double-digit point spread upset this season. Mm. They're at LSU, or home to Bama and Florida. He nearly, nearly did it at Tennessee a decade ago against Alabama. This time, he's going to, going to finish the job. Mm. The Lane Train, the lane I like train it. Rolls on. I see, I see brightness at the end of a tunnel. It's light. It's hot. I see into next year. It's it's August of 2021. It's happier times. Most, not all, but most of COVID is behind us. The anticipation for football has never been higher. We've read all of the magazines. The fans have listened to the College Football Bros preview episodes. And the joy of having a normal, full college football season is back at an all-time high. Mm. I see that. I see that as well. And I want that. Um, I'm seeing some sort of I want like a claw. What? I want, <laughs> I want them bad. I want them bad. Mm. <laughs> I'm seeing a, a, a claw or a, like a panther. You know, it's a big, it's like some cloth, something going on right there. It's very dangerous looking. He's, he's out there dominating, killing everybody in his path. Oh my God. He just killed a king. He just killed a king. A huge kingdom of the king. He just went down. You know what? It's Kawhi Leonard. He's taking down LeBron James and leading the Clippers to the NBA title. No. Uh huh. Wow. I'm, uh, I'm looking into my crystal ball here. It's the year 2025. I can see it clearly. And I see college football bros engraved on a trophy. 
And I'm seeing, I'm seeing underneath the words, worst podcast in the universe. Oh, 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 oh dear. Wow. That's all. At least we got the pub. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I think, I think I'm having the same visions as before. I see into next year, the 2021 season. Except this time, instead of joy, I, I see sadness. After just three weeks of the high of a normal college football season being back, I'm now back to being disappointed in my Cornhuskers. Oh no, please, please don't, don't be true. What happened? Did, did we lose to OU or something? I just they always seem to disappoint lately yeah. and they they're back at it in 2021. Whew. Wow. That was quite a reading you guys. <sighs> powerful stuff. Very powerful and very very well produced by me. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Now it is really time for the questionable finish. Kate Mays, offensive lineman at Tennessee, is still waiting on a, a decision regarding his waiver to play the 2020 season. What's something you had to wait way too long for? I have a feeling I know where this is going with you guys, and I'm just going to get ahead of this. And I'm going to oh. say, <laughs> I'm going to put on my clairvoyant hat again. Been a while since we brought that up. I'm it putting has. on my clairvoyant hat again, and this is actually me from 2023 talking right now. And I just got my first hole in one. It feels great. The long, <laughs> excruciating wait was worth it. Oof. Uh, wow. I'm betting over. I'm saying it's going to take over three years. Yeah. Better hit the driving range, Trey. Brutal. Um, no, that's a good one. I hadn't thought about that for a while. But um, just so the me, listeners, new, new listeners know, Ryan oh, and I yeah. both have a hole in one. Trey does not. And our dad has one as well. Well, our dad has two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Trey's by far the best golfer of all of us, but allegedly, <laughs> true, <laughs> true. <laughs> all right. Um, for me, I was uh, going from after my freshman year, going into my sophomore year, I was playing high school basketball. I was waiting to. I was going to play with some games with the varsity team, and I was sitting on the bench for quite a long time, and uh, kind of waiting and waiting and waiting on my turn to get in. And finally, I got in at the end of one game, and. I had like three straight turnovers just like right away. I mean, I was a point guard, so the ball goes right on your hands. So I, and the other team was pressing, and they still had their like starters in. I just three straight turnovers, boom, 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 boom. And I was, boy, that did some damage to the old confidence, man. <laughs> That's rough. <laughs> That's rough. Oh, so. uh, I had to wait a long time. Uh, I went to Wimbledon when I was in college, and we – we queued for tickets. That's what us Londoners call waiting in line. Mm -hmm. We queued, mm -hmm. and uh, it was like it was close to five hours. I'm not even exaggerating. Whoa. Get in, yeah, it was insane. Wow, wow. There you go. Wimbledon. Next question, Ryan. Oh yes. Uh, so the NBA is playing in a bubble at Disney World. If you had to be stuck in a bubble, where would you be? Where would you go? I'm going to assume the bubble is relatively safe, no matter where it is. Uh, so yeah. I will choose Lower Manhattan, which is probably my favorite place in the world that I've been to. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hang out in, in Soho, Greenwich Village, 
all those good places. Nice. I'm going to have to be at a luxury resort somewhere warm. I don't really mind the actual location, but a resort that has a couple good restaurants, nice grounds, a golf course, maybe even like a tennis or basketball court to 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 enjoy. That's where I'd go. Right, Hawaii. How about Hawaii? That sounds good. That's true. Yeah. Go with That's Hawaii. what I said. I said an all-inclusive resort in Hawaii. So you can get like a gym, oh. you can get basketball courts, you get a golf course, you got your restaurants, the ocean. Not that I go in it, but I can look at it and be like, that's nice. <laughs> um, yeah. Going to have to go with that. All right. I like it. All right. Some bit of news from this past week. Deion Sanders' son, who is a four-star quarterback, he committed to Florida Atlantic. Uh, if you could have, yeah, it's pretty crazy. If you could have any athlete's kid on your team, who would it be? Um, Bo Jackson, just mm. like the ultimate specimen. Like, I mean, nice. you can't imagine a better athlete. I mean, if you want to get those genes, <laughs> it's a good pick. As good as you can come up with. All right, I thought of my team as as USC, and lately we've we can always get the skill talent, the receivers, the cornerbacks, things like that, but. O-line has been a little bit of an issue, so I'm going to go with maybe the greatest offensive lineman in college football history, Orlando Pace. I want Orlando Pace Jr. I don't know if that's a real person, but that'd be nice. That'd be nice. You know, speed is the name of the game these days, so I'd want Usain Bolt's kid. (laughs) Yeah, just get him the ball in space, and you've got, like, the next Tyreek Hill or something, but better. All right. Speed, Speed wins does uh that'll do it for the college football bros podcast thank you for for bearing with us with uh our difficulties there um and again if you enjoyed the show and you you this is maybe not the best time to ask after we really flubbed it and didn't put in the the beforehand (laughs) we usually put a lot of work into the show so if you appreciate that then we would appreciate if you subscribe to our patreon uh and again you get get bonus episodes there and uh either way thanks a lot for for listening and we'll talk to you next week You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.